Hello and welcome to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore and today I am chatting with President of the Putnam County Fair Board, John Allen. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, nice to see you. Before we dive into all things fair, tell us a little bit about where you grew up. Where are you from? I grew up north of town. We had a small farm near where the old airport used to be. My grandfather gave my parents 15 acres, and that's where we grew up, was farming. We had beef cattle, and we grew crops, and we raised hogs and chickens and all sorts of things. My dad was in construction, and when my my twin brothers started to school, my mother went to work in a factory. So um, we grew up, uh, spent all of our life on that little farm until I got out of college. Were you always interested in agriculture? Well, we had more or less had to be because we had a big garden in the summer and, and we would cut hay and, and pick corn and all of that kind of thing. But in the fifth grade, I discovered 4-H and that's really what piqued my interest. And then in the sixth grade, we got a new assistant county agent, a man named Robert Waddell. And when I met him and saw what he did going from school to school, I decided in the sixth grade, that's what I was going to do when I got out of college. Never any question, but what I was going to college. You always knew. Always knew. You always had the life plan. That kind of makes it a lot easier. (laughs) Yes, it does. It does. Can you tell people who aren't familiar with 4-H exactly what 4-H is? 4-H is a part of the University of Tennessee, the land-grant university. It's a youth program nationwide. Tennessee has one of the largest 4-H programs in the nation and one of the most comprehensive. Young people from the age of 9 to 19 are involved in all kinds of learning life skills, and and also including citizenship, public speaking, and leadership. Those three things are critically important to young people. They were to me, and when I got out of 4-H, I could speak in front of any group there was. I knew I have a sense of community service that was developed through the Citizenship Project, and I turned out to be a leader, uh, which I learned in 4-H leadership. And 4-H is present in all of the schools, right? Uh, it's present in every county. In every county. Each county handles it differently. Some counties have school programs and others do not. They have commu- just community clubs. I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. I grew up here in Putnam County and I did a little bit of 4-H speech. Okay. And it was so fun. I really did it's learn wonderful. a lot. It's a wonderful program for you. In fourth grade, I remember I did a speech on not smoking. Oh really? I did. I did a speech on the on the horrors of tobacco, and guess what? I've never had a cigarette. Really? Thank you, Four H. <laughs> <laughs> you went to Tech, right? Right, of course. Yes. What did you study at Tech? I started out in plant sciences and found out I had to have organic chemistry, so I changed to animal science because I didn't think I could that I could deal with organic chemistry, and I didn't regret it. Beef production. Did growing up on a farm and being around livestock help you with your studies? Oh, yeah. So you yeah. already kind of were familiar right. with everything. Right. Are you right. Are you one of those people who has a natural connection to animals? I love animals of all kinds, yes. My grandmother... Um, um, the fair has grandma's barnyard, which is patterned after my grandmother's barnyard when I was growing up. And so she really, I developed a love of animals from, from being at her house and playing in her barnyard. 
I love Grandma's Barnyard, oh, by the way. do you? <laughs> yes! <clears throat> That's what really put the fair over the top and helped us win the, the Champion of Champion Awards. Yes, and do not forget, the Putnam County Fair was Champion of Champions 2021. That's correct. And y'all just had the fair in August, right? which was another hit from what it I was, understand. It was. We had 62,000 people came. 62, One of them 000? gave me COVID, but that's okay. I'd had it before, and I've had it a second time now. With 62,000 people there during 10 days, I'm not shocked I got COVID. Wow. Two three of us did. Two three of us did. Did your degree in animal science at Tech prepare you for going into 4-H professionally? Yes and no. Yes, it did, um, because I was an assistant county agent first. But then I went on to UT and got a master's degree, and that was in the area of animal uh, beef production. So that's really where I I advanced uh, my studies significantly from, from the BS to the MS degree. Why beef production? You know, I don't know, except <laughs> that's what the family, that's what we were getting into on the farm. Daddy had acquired, had, had bought a couple of beef uh, cows. We had had dairy cows when we were growing up because we needed the milk. But um, he got into beef production, and that's what I studied. And why was it important for you to get a master's degree, <clears throat> even though you were already planning on going into 4-H? Well, I... And it would mean more money in a starting salary. And secondly, if I ever, I knew that if I ever quit going to school until I got all I wanted, I would not go back. Once I got out and started working, I knew that I would uh, not want to go back, quit and go back to school to get that advanced degree. It's hard to go back to yes, school once you're out. <laughs> you get your own life and your own schedule. Exactly. And I I went straight from undergraduate to UT and started to school in the summer. So I got my second degree in, in a year and six weeks. That's quick. That is. They said two years. That's record timing. Right. But Uncle Sam was about to draft me, so I didn't have any choice. I had to get with it. I'm Caroline Moore, and today I'm chatting with President of the Putnam County Fair Board, John Allen. So what happened after you got your master's? I went into the Army uh, with the Army Reserves for four months. I was in Texas and and, uh, Arizona. And then I came home, and they had one job open. That was in Nashville. I wanted a rural county, but they didn't have anything open. So I interviewed for the job in Nashville and got the job. And in February of 69, I started to work in Nashville as an assistant county agent. Why was it important for you to go to a rural county? That's what I had experienced here in Putnam, Mm -hmm. and so I thought I wanted the same kind of experience. I'm glad they saw well beyond what my thought my needs were, because I'm glad I went to a metropolitan county. It was a whole different experience, and it was a good learning experience. What all did you learn? Oh, my goodness. I'd never worked with, we never heard of the inner city. At that point, when I was in school, the schools weren't even, uh, uh, they weren't, we didn't have black students go to school with us. We had a separate high school here in Cookville. Uh, And so I had never gone to school. I had never worked with African-American people. It was a whole new learning for me. And the uh, 1890 University, uh, that's the land-grant university in Nashville, and they hired some folks and added them to our staff, and, and predominantly uh, African-American people were hired. So it was a whole new learning for me. I, I, I 
went way beyond my personal experience there. Went into the inner city where the classrooms were 70 to 80 percent African-American students. Uh, And then they have a whole set of needs that you don't necessarily have kids have in Putnam County. So it was just a tremendous learning experience for me. It's so important to be exposed to different environments. Exactly, exactly. People, that's how you grow and expand your horizons. Exactly. When you were at 4-H, you mentioned that you had mentors that put you in to a metropolitan area. Did they guide you in other ways? They saw that we needed more training than what we had, and mm-hmm. they brought trainers in. We had an urban urban 4-H conference to give us training to learn how to work with, with the diversity of audience. And um, Dr. Margaret Ushery and Owen Hodges and Milburn Jones were my district supervisors. Uh, Felix Knight was my county agent, a wonderful man who who guided me for the first 10 years of my career. Um, it. They they helped me make a difference in what I was doing, yes, and prepared me to go to Washington. How did you end up in Washington? Well, we had expanded the 4-H program. We had 10,000 kids involved in 4-H in Nashville. That was the largest program in the state. Some folks from Washington came down for an event and found out what we were doing. And Met, I met um, a guy who was working in the National 4-H uh, Service Committee at that time. And they he asked me if I would be interested in, in moving to Washington. And I said, no, I don't think so. I'll stay here. But he didn't give up. And so he had his boss call me. They called several times trying to get me to, to interview for the job. I did interview for the job. I didn't think I wanted to leave Nashville. But you changed. I saw that that's something I everybody else didn't have that opportunity. It was a wonderful opportunity for me. And so I went and interviewed, and they offered the job, and he offered it three times, and the third time I said yes. So it sounds like you've had people multiple times try to get you outside <laughs> right, your right. comfort zone. Exactly. And it took a little time, but you're it ultimately did. grateful. I went for five years and stayed 19. Wow. What part of D.C. did you live in? I lived just across the line in Maryland. Okay. We worked in Chevy Chase. Uh, and there's Chevy Chase, D.C. and Chevy Chase, Maryland. I was at My office was at the National 4-H Center at that time. What made you want to move back here? Well, I left Washington and went to Atlanta okay. for 10 years. And then my mother was still living, and I knew if I was ever going to... Uh, spend time with her, I needed to come home. She was not going to move to Atlanta and live with me. So at that point, I had gone into real estate in Atlanta, and the bottom fell out of the real estate market in 2008. Not a good time. Not a good time. (laughs) And so I packed up and moved home. What was your perception of Cookville when you returned home after being gone so many years? Well, it changed (laughs) while I was gone. It has blown up. Yes. But I I had failed to recognize that I had changed also. Mm. I, I, I was different than I was 40 years before when I left. Different in which ways? I had different expectations. I was looking for different things. The town changed, but it still kept the homey feeling. I, I don't care how big it gets. There is a sense of, among people here, a kindness a caring that you don't find in the larger cities. Uh, you find it maybe with a neighbor or two neighbors, but it's not evident. 
New York and and Atlanta and Washington, D.C. don't have the hometown flavor that we have here. There's a, a niceness among people here that you won't find anywhere else. More with John Allen right after the break. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Hello and welcome back to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore and today I am chatting with President of the Putnam County Fair Board, John Allen. Thank you again for joining us. My pleasure. You mentioned that you worked in D.C. for nearly two decades. Right. What did you do in D.C. with 4-H? I went there to work with the National 4-H Awards Program, which is it's a scholarship program in several different subject matter fields that led that leads young people to National 4-H Congress, which is an, the biggest national 4-H event at that time. We, uh, we would go to Chicago every year at Thanksgiving for a uh, six-day conference. Uh, we would bring in 22,000 to 2,500 young people and 500 adults for National 4-H Congress. So I went there to learn to work with the national corporations who sponsored the awards program. I worked with Reader's Digest, who did the presidential awards program. I worked with Firestone Tire and Rubber Company that did the leadership program. Reader's Digest Foundation was one of my sponsors. International Paper Company, the American Quarter Horse Association, and Ralston Perina. They did the dog program. And so I had 10 corporations that I kept happy and kept them funding 4-H programs, while then in some cases we would develop um, educational materials. I got involved in that. I did some volunteer training. I did some teen training. Uh, Eventually, they put me in charge of volunteer training nationwide for 4-H for the council. And I did that for a while, and then uh, in my last five years, uh, I did uh, created a annual and planned giving program for the uh, council. And that's when that's when I started traveling so much. I would travel three or four days a week, be out visiting people that would make a planned gift to 4-H. When you mention keeping these corporations happy, how do you do that? The, it it was really it wasn't nearly as difficult as I thought it was going to be. In most cases, I would visit them at least every three years and sometimes every two years, depending on what was happening within the program they sponsored. Uh, I did visiting. I would help them plan their events at National 4-H Congress. I was in touch with them on the phone two or three times uh, a week as Congress got nearer and nearer. You'd, I developed friendships with the people, my contacts, 
And then when we'd go to Congress, they'd bring in all sorts of executives for their event. And so I met all of those people. Uh, Keeping them happy was reporting to them on the impact of their money. What did their money do for the kids that got the scholarships? I would write up stories about the kids, tell the kids' story to them, send them um, a report, a written report every year of the impact their money was having on young people uh, in their program. What were some of the highlights of your time in D.C. working with the National 4-H Council? Oh, my goodness, that's a hard question. (laughs) Um, I I guess finally when I had been there long enough that they let me run National 4-H Congress. That was an incredible experience. I had gone to National 4-H Congress as a 4-H'er, and it was just um, a trip of a lifetime. 4-H really gave me travel expenses, uh, experiences that I would have never had had I not been in 4-H. I went to Oklahoma City for the land judging contest. I went to Chicago for the poultry judging contest. So 4-H got me out of, out of the county to places that I would have never seen. The travel and the people, uh, while I was there, we created a volunteer recognition program calling, uh, called the Salute to Excellence program. That was a highlight. That was sponsored by R.J. Reynolds. That, that put about $350,000 into the 4-H volunteer program nationwide. We did training. We had back-home grants. I met some of the most incredible people you can possibly imagine. And I worked with some people who are still my friends. I, I still communicate and occasionally see people I worked with in Washington. I'm sure you made quite the amount of connections yes, over the years. Yes. <laughs> yes, and a lot of my sponsor contacts. Uh, Barbara Griswold from Reader's Digest is a close friend of mine. She lives in Delaware, and she and I communicate and send cards, and, and uh, hopefully we'll see each other again soon sometime. But, but yes, a lot of my contacts became personal friends. I'm Caroline Moore, and today I'm chatting with President of the Putnam County Fair Board, John Allen. How has 4-H evolved over the years? I think a lot of 4-H has has remain just as it was teaching basic life skills they have expanded in some of the areas to to adapt to a different way of reaching kids um they have the the short-term programs they have programs that that now involve family um so they're they're changing as they have to change but they still teach the basic life skills where nobody else is teaching those How can people of the Upper Cumberland get involved in 4-H? Call the county extension office. Every county has a county extension office. Every county has has at least one 4-H agent. Here, the 4-H office is on the back of the fairground at 900 South Walnut. Uh, They have some wonderful people. Just, Just pick up the phone and call the Putnam County Extension Office. And it's not just ag, like we said. Oh, no, no, mm-hmm. no. There are all kinds of experiences. They have a wonderful judging team program where young people learn to judge very in, in various subject matter. Ooh, you can judge as you a can job. You can judge, that's right. <laughs> Everybody's dream. <laughs> I mean, it's a wonder. It teaches basic good life skills that you don't get anywhere else. Did you grow up going to the fair? Yes, constantly? yes, yes. Well, see, 4-H. You, you, we naturally took things and entered them in the fair. But when we were, we, my family used to bring our folding chairs and line up on the North Grandstand. 
We'd be there every night for the two walking horse shows, Friday night and Saturday night. And and our whole family sat right there, right there and watched people go by and talk to people that we only saw at the fair. That's the other thing. You'll see people at the fair that you don't see them except at the fair. Oh, yes. <laughs> really? Honestly. So, yes, I grew up in the fair. We That was... That was Dollywood to us, or that was Six Flags Over Georgia, or even Disney World. I mean, when we were growing up, that everybody looked forward to the fair because that was the big thing in the late summer. Oh, same. Especially because it was one of the few times when in middle school we could go and right. be without parental supervision. Exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> they knew we were just riding rides. Where were we going to go? <laughs> and it was a safe place that you and your family could go. Yes, we do live in a pretty idyllic area. Well, you you just look around. Now the colors are beginning to change. It's a it's a place that has four distinct seasons. Sometimes the weather will change four times in one day within 2 hours. Yes, it will. But <laughs> it's a beautiful state. It's it, Middle Tennessee is just absolutely gorgeous to drive around in. And when people drive through here, I don't know how many people I know who've driven through here going somewhere else and came back and visited here and retired here. Yes, people are moving here from all over. It's so economical to live here. I lived in New York City for a while. and But don't tell <laughs> I anybody. Shocked. I mean, we I need know. to keep this a secret. <laughs> right, nobody's going to know. <laughs> right. Nobody can hear us right, right. now. <laughs> exactly. Don't tell anybody because there's too many people moving here the way it is. <laughs> there is. But I think people who move here from other places... I think they understand the spirit. I think they're going to catch on, and that's part of the reason why they move here. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. Like you said, when you meet people from other places, it expands your horizons a bit. Maybe we'll have a bit of a cultural exchange here in the Upper Cumberland. (laughs) More with John Allen after the break. Hello, and welcome back to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore, and today I'm chatting with president of the Putnam County Fair Board, John Allen. You led the Putnam County Fair Board to win the Champion of Champions title this year. Right. Do you feel pressure to win it again? Well, we can't do anything. We can't compete for two years. Oh, you can't compete? No, no. That's the that's the sad thing. We can't do anything for two years. So the pressure is off. We worked eight years to win that award. We started in, in the fall of 2013. And each year we worked adding stuff to the fair. And I wasn't sure we were going to win in January. I thought we had a good chance, but we were against Lauderdale County and the White County Fair. They they take a winner from each of the um, A, uh, single A, double A, and triple A. We're triple A, which means we have a population of at least 75,000 people or more. The other two fairs had smaller populations in their county. But White County's won Champion Fair several times, and we had not won it since about um, the Champion of Champion. We'd not won it since the middle 70s. Wow. So uh, we had our work cut out for us, but like I told you before, I think Grandma's Barnyard put us over the top. Every Nine out of ten people who come to the fair go to Grandma's Barnyard. I love Grandma's Barnyard and the Master Gardeners. Those are my favorites. Those are the two of the best exhibits we have. I've been to other fairs. They can't compare to what our Master Gardeners do. Yes, Norma Moore is my aunt. Yes, yes. Shout out, Norma. (laughs) (laughs) They're a part of the County Extension Service, see. 
they are a part of of extension here in Putnam County. So that's just another reason that extension is so good in our county. And you mentioned that Grandma's Barnyard is inspired by your own grandmother. Yes, yes. When I was young, and the uh, I was born in forty five, so by the time I was uh, five, six years old, I was spending a lot of time with my grandmother. They lived just across the the pasture from our house, and she had this most wonderful barnyard. My grandfather had a blacksmith shop uh, right near the barn, and she would they would milk seven cows in the morning and seven at night and when I was there I would go sit on the stool between my grandmother's legs and she taught me to milk and I did I mil- helped him milk cows the- he always had horses he always had pigs and chickens and ducks and cats and dogs and and mules the- he had everything they had a big log smokehouse where he would hang the hams when he when he would cure them and they they sold milk, they sold butter, uh, they sold eggs. That's how they made their living. And it was a wonderful, wonderful place. And so one day at a fair board meeting, I told them about my grandmother's barnyard and, and how much I loved playing there. And there was always a wagon with some hay or something on it in the barnyard and so Jeremy Glasscock and Susanna Klaus, with their families, created our grandma's barnyard based on my description. And we got some help from UT, and we got help from the Extension Service. Tennessee Tech got involved to help us create it. And so it is, it is really my grandmother's barnyard created, and just like it was in the 40s and 50s. And it's the heart of the fair that got it you is. all the title. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> And so um, we we will do some new things. I don't feel as much pressure for the next two years as I have. But as soon as those two years are up, we'll be right back in the thick of the competition, I assure you. How many members are on the fair board? We have about 20, 22 fair board members. Plus, we have another 40-something people who help us by chairing the committees and that also work with us on the year-round. But when it comes to the fair board meeting, we have about 20 people who come. And the fair board positions are not paid positions. Oh, no. We're all volunteer. So how do you motivate everybody without a financial incentive? I ask myself that question quite frequently. (laughs) (laughs) You have to love the fair to do this because we spend too many hours and too much of our own money to do this. We do get our trip to the state convention paid for. The fair pays for that. We do uh, the fair pays for our polo shirts with the logo and our names. And the fair will buy us a T-shirt. But beyond that, there is no payment. But you have to love the fair and we find some folks every once in a while that love the fair enough that they want to be involved in it. And what's the age range of all the members? Because there's youth boards, right? We do have the youth board. Uh, They have to be 13 and 13 to 21. We've raised the age from 19 to 21. They can stay with us through their 21st year. How can somebody join the fair board if they're interested? Just uh, go on the website, www.putnamcountyfair.org. Go on the website, pull up volunteer at the top of the page, and um, it tells you all the different ways you can become involved. Now that you have accomplished being the champion of champions, do you have any new goals? 
We'll have a new property one of these days. Yes. We think we'll be back at the old property for at least another year and maybe two. But we're gonna we're having to right now we're planning for what we're going to do the first year we're at the new property. We're working with the county as they develop the the plans for the new property. Um, our pre- presently, um, we are talking about what we're going to do with with all the room in the world to park people because we turn people away every year. We're trying to figure out how how we're going to design the fair program when we've got 130 acres and not just 34 acres. For those who aren't familiar, the new fairgrounds are going to be out by Tennessee Avenue. Yes, just south, uh, just west of Cookville on Tennessee Avenue. If you go if you go west on I forty, get off at Tennessee Avenue, turn right, you'll see the sign almost immediately on your left. And hopefully, you'll be there by twenty twenty five. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Maybe twenty twenty four. We may be in tents and porta potties in 2024. We'll just have to see. But you'll be there. We'll be there. <laughs> have you already started to plan next year's fair? Oh, yeah. Oh, we started that before the fair ever happened this year. It never yes, ends. Yes. The, the program is already in place. I've already got it typed out and everything. What kind of programs can we expect for next year or new things that we haven't well, seen before? Now, there's some basics. People told us we we do evaluations every year. We ask at least 1,500 people what you like about the fair, what you dislike, and what can we do to make it better. And they always tell us motorsports. So we will have all the motorsports back, monster trucks, demolition derby. There will be two nights of demolition derby, two nights of motorcycles, one night of a truck and tractor pull. We have Monday night open. We have two nights of the rodeo. Those are given because those are the things they've told us for, this is the ninth, my ninth one. So they've told us for nine years they wanted these things. So we'll keep those things. Monday night, I'm not sure what we're going to do. We've talked about concerts are not not big things here. And we've even talked about not doing anything on Monday night, just keeping it as an open night. Um, it we, we have intense. Saturday and Sunday are tremendously intense. So maybe we take a break Monday night. We've talked about going to the churches and seeing if they have, they'd like to send their choral groups out and we'd do something on the stage for that, something low key. We've also, we've investigated having another concert. So I don't know what Monday night will bring, but yes, we will have uh, more live demonstrations. That seems to be popular. We have, we have a new dairy goat show this last year. We will have all of the livestock and dairy shows, and we have six horse shows. How much does the fair cost to put on, or what's in the budget for the next year? <laughs> Our budget this year was about 540000 Right now, we're in the red slightly, but we've not collected all of the money, sponsorship money. So we're still paying bills. Uh, about five to 525000 dollars is what the total budget is usually we make somewhere between ten thousand and twenty five or thirty thousand in profit right now is that from tickets uh, that's from the midway that's from the tickets at the gate and the private sector support we sell space for commercial exhibits so we have five or six revenue streams um our revenue I'm project. I've already done next year's budget, so I'm projecting about five hundred and thirty thousand dollars in revenue. I'm trying to make the expenses balance. 
we got a shock this year with insurance. Our insurance went from 11000 to 19000 this year. That is nearly double. At, right. And so we're, we're trying to figure out if some of these changes uh, are going, if they're going to be permanent. Um, we had tremendous expense in adding the back porch stage and a couple of new shelters in Grandma's barnyard. We've been spending about $1,200 on a shelter, on a um, little shed like thing that we put the thing and put the activities in this year they cost over three thousand dollars back porch stage was projected to run about four thousand it cost seven thousand so if we're going to have these kinds of expenses then we're going to have to watch our our spending very carefully um banners cost a little more this year um everything's going up. everything was going up you're right uh yeah. Rent, uh, electricity went up $2,500 this year. We pay the county rent, we pay for the electricity, and we pay for the water. And so the electricity was a shocker this year. But we had every concession stand filled this year. So last year we had two empty. This year we had them all, they had somebody working in them. So we had to pay the, the electricity, the added electricity. The fair is a mammoth to put on. It is it an is. operation. Right, it is. We work on it. About 14, 15 months out of the year. But it brings a lot of business, too. I know it costs yes, a lot, but it yes. brings a lot of revenue to the county. It's not just good fun. Uh, we put $350,000 into the community last year. Printing services, security, um, electricity, um, water, um, and then premiums. We we gave out $79,000 in premiums to people who brought entries to the fair this year. Wow. That's almost $80,000 that people took home in, in first, second, or third third place prizes. Um, that includes the livestock shows, of course, and, and the horse shows. Uh, but yes, uh, we put $350,000 directly into the local economy. Putnam County is so lucky to have you Thank as you. the fair board president. Thank you so much for coming My in, pleasure. John. Thank you.